0: Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 195 of the Stacey West Podcast. I am Ben and I'm joined by Gaz this week. I've had a bit of a break over Christmas and New Year and uh, all is well. Happy New Year, mate. How are you? Happy
2: New Year. Yeah, I'm delighted. I can tell. I just can't stand this, Mac. Honestly, I can't. I've just had such an arse fighting about while we've been trying to get this up and running. It's like... The face camera the facetime camera is literally just your face isn't it it doesn't do like anything else it's so f- it won't pick up my Logi camera thing that I've used every other time I want to close windows it won't happen the whole thing is just yeah you know, I don't want to sound ungrateful but it's just awful it's just
0: it's
2: just different
0: it's not awful it's different
2: no, it's different. No, it's awful. No, wait a minute. Which one am I arguing? I can
0: never remember. <laughs> I don't know. You, you never know when you're arguing with me because you pick a side and then you change it halfway through. And
2: Yeah, I know. Just for fun. some and giggles. Yeah. No, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm... Thank you very much. Yeah, it was a um... – we had a good New Year and uh, obviously we caught up just after Christmas briefly. Um, apologies, right, at the game on, on whenever it was – I'll say Saturday, but it was obviously a different day to Saturday. Monday? Monday, Monday yeah. right. Okay. So at the game on Monday – we were all stood around and we were stood right in the way and everybody was kind of walking into us. So I said to the group, should we move somewhere so we're out of the way? And I walked away. And when I got like all the way down the other end of the fan zone and stood there, only my dad and uh, Ken had <laughs> followed. And it just like it must just look
0: like we just walked off from everybody. and left <laughs> them. Well, Rach did say, I think as has moved, and I was like, oh, OK, Um, right. And by that point, I think we'd all sort of just gone. Oh well, it's it's nearly time to go up anyway. So, um, but yeah, no, it was uh, a, a decent, a decent after Boxing Day period, wasn't it? Uh, less said, you know. We've obviously ta- spoken about Boxing Day last week. You and Chris. So uh, we'll now, you know, go straight into it and uh, and have a look at the Bolton game. Um, you've got you just put a hat on for. Reasons unknown, but it might be a hint because my, my hair is an absolute state today. <laughs> do you
2: know what? Me doing that and you saying that. It was yeah, I just left it here after my dog walk this morning. I've been flat out today because I've been working and fees not been there and just had loads to do and done a run and that. Um do you remember Nevermind the Buzzcocks? Yes. Do you remember the Nevermind the Buzzcocks episode where Simon Amstall was the host and they had Donnie from the Towers of London on? Yes. And it was like, "Are you smoking. smoking a cigarette now that you can legally buy in shops. shops?" And when I put that hat on, and you went, "Oh, you put a hat on," it was like I could just see you as being <laughs> Simon Hustler going, Gary's put a hat on now. What will he do next on an audio-only recording? <laughs> oh,
0: that was brilliant. The, the best, the best Amstel joke ever from from Buzzcocks now has to be when uh, I think it was someone from the Cribs was on, and. Um, They were talking to him and he was saying, oh, you know Courtney Love, don't you? He's like, yeah, yeah. Noel's like, I know Courtney. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know. And uh, he says, oh, I could, I could hang with Courtney Love. I could I could be a, you know, I could party with Courtney Love. And he just goes, she, she'd snap you like a twiglet. Yeah. And then <laughs> Amstel's response was just gold. She says, oh, she'd kill me and make it look like suicide. <laughs> <laughs> while, while sipping his tea while a disclaimer pops up at the bottom, just says, Simon is definitely wrong. <laughs> so good. Yeah,
2: brilliant. So I, good. I, I liked it. That was a good show. I enjoyed that show. I didn't like yeah. your Jupiter's particularly, because we all know a Phil Jupiter, don't we? Somebody who's a little bit older than us, uh, a little bit fatter than us. Okay, the minute that describes me to you, so I'm worried about that. Um, Who's into all the cool music from like five or ten years before you were born, and you're Mm. kind of like, I don't really know what that is. It's like when people used to talk to me, they used to go on about um, Public Image Limited, and and Fun Boy 3 and Big Audio Dynamite and I'd go like oh no they were just all wanky 80s acts weren't they but actually they were like the next projects for um for Johnny Rotten and and Terry Hall and um the guy from The Clash whose name escapes me now but yeah I remember Fun Boy 3 doing something with Bananarama and I remember listening to that thing well that's you know, even retrospectively, that's pop crap putting it to one side. So and there's always and that, that was Phil Jupiter's, You know that oh well I like their early stuff. You know what like I do to you with Green Day? When you go when at Green Day you put something that they did in the last this century on uh the the, the music thing and I'm like, oh no, no, we can't have this on. I want something from a thousand and thirty-nine smooth out slappy hours. I have their EPs, <laughs> I got them all. I've got the thirty-nine smooth EP. Do you know what I mean? Like that. That was yeah, Phil yeah. Jupiter's arrogant music prick which i've just realized i am to you so i am your phil Jupiter.
0: yeah yeah they brought was cocked back you know it's greg davis hosting it now
2: oh okay Never no mind them <laughs> do you not like I Greg like, Davis?
0: I, no i do like greg davis
2: i do that's harsh i just don't know that yeah you know, he's basically rolled out on everything i don't think you can have edgy comedians anymore like simon amstel you don't get them anymore <laughs> because as soon as they tell a joke um that, that's offensive and people, you know, oh, I don't like that joke. And it all started with Frankie Boyle, didn't it? When he did the mm. Re- Rebecca Adlington thing, um, and and he was making an observation, he was making a joke. It was at somebody's expense. Okay, I get that. Um,
0: but God, you do get them? They're just not on TV anymore.
2: Yeah, I know, I know. But yeah, I'm too lazy to go to a show. And they they never come to Lincoln, do they? The edgy ones. You go to, oh, you go to, to like who?
0: Um, it's, it's, it's never like a big show. It's like, it's always in like the small bar upstairs in the engine shed. Um, okay. I've like been up there. I saw it. Gaz
2: Brookfield up there the other week.
0: I saw Dan He's McLaughlin not- there. Not bad. I don't know who, da- Dan yeah. who Dan McLaughlin is. He's a very funny man. You should check him out. Okay. I might do. Yeah. So, should we talk about football? As I say, let's, let's get into football. Cause uh, I did try and, I tr- did try and get us there. And then you, you kind of derailed us. And Gary's put a hat on. <laughs> um, but no, um, yeah, so I mean Friday uh, we'll, we'll sort of briefly touch on it. I think everything that needs to be said has sort of been said um on it already. I think it was a decent first half. Um and it was a second half that ultimately was was kind of broken as a contest by uh, an incompetent man in the middle, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a red card though, wasn't it? I mean Yeah, it was. And I think that's so... the thing. Like when, when people say like, oh, you know, the refs were in the game, it's it's due to a bad decision that's resulted in a player getting sent off. And I think in this instance, nobody could really complain about the two yellows that, that Joe Walsh got. However, it was just the, the flow of little crappy, inconsistent decisions after that, that well before and after that, actually, because just before that uh, incident where Joe Walsh actually tweeted, this ref's going to lose control of the game. And then sure enough, literally a minute later, he's, he's taken 30 odd seconds to go and speak to the fourth official and decide that Joe Walsh is worth being booked, and the other lad isn't. So, yeah, really disappointing performance from uh, from from the ref on Friday. Um, and I think ultimately it kind of killed it as a contest uh, at that point. So, yeah.
2: I mean, you did tweet that um, we'd been robbed of a competitive second half. I, I took that as criticism of the ref, but obviously
0: that that wasn't the case. Um, no, I mean it, it was. It was. I think it it wasn't as competitive as. It could have been because I think he kept blowing for, you know, silly little things that maybe either should have been let go or he should have just gotten a grip on the game. Because somebody somebody replied to me and said that, you know, um it wasn't the referee's fault that, you know, Bolton were were trying to run the game or that people were cheating. It's like, no, it's not. But if he gets his if he gets a handle on the game, if he, you know, officiates the game in a way that he should have done, that would have stopped. And at that point, you know, that's where that's where the competitive nature of the game comes back in. Um, so it was criticism of the referee, but not for the decision to send Joe Walsh off.
2: No, it was the right decision to send Joe Walsh off, but he should have booked their player for the, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we've been there. He obviously missed the elbow, which everybody, everybody did. Um, he was wildly inconsistent. i talked about the card count. I, I can't think where, but I think it was 14 fouls for us with six cards and 12 for mm-hmm. them with one card. Uh but it was what it was. it was a good point. It mm-hmm. showed a side, I think to our character that we knows there that we've seen mm-hmm. at Southampton that we've seen at Barnsley that we've seen at Ipswich that we've seen at Bristol city that we you know we know what we can do we know we can shot up shot. we know we can be spoilers we know we can defend well we got uh, a good goal I'm trying to think what the goal what, which goal it was now it was always oh, the Benhouse's free kick yeah, it yeah was the it was, free a, it was a really really good goal really good goal really well worked um and we got our new public enemy number one in Ian Abbott, who you know does exactly what you want a manager to do against mm-hmm. you because it gives you a reason to hate him. I'm not; I don't subscribe to all this you know, mutual respect and shaking hands <laughs> and all that. That's not football, is it? It's like Roy Keane would tell you: you want a little bit of needle, you want a little bit of hatred. You don't want to be, you know, well, oh, I'll have a beer with him afterwards and all that sort of stuff. It's all right for Ainsworth, but not for anyone else. So, <laughs> no. Nah, yeah, it was what it was. Good point, and and you know, on the podcast, I think me and Chris both said we would take take two points from those games, and that would be a real good return. Um, and and yeah. that's what we did.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I remember meeting up with you and Chris beforehand in the fan zone, and sort of pretty much agreed with, with what you'd said. I think, um, you know, we, we well, we all said anything above, honestly, anything above one point from the two games would have, would be a good return. Um, I think. I would have well, I said I'd snap your hand off for, for two points from those two games, and, and you know, thankfully, that's what we got with with two really good performances, um, in spite of the situations. I think it was a you know proper backs to the wall uh, show of determination from the players, um, and uh, yeah, I, I can't think there's too much to be displeased about, other than no. you know the sendings off.
2: Let, let's let, when we say good performances, let's you know, make sure that we make the very clear definition between. Um, the types of performances. Because oh, if, yeah, somebody, was, if, somebody how, yeah, if somebody says to you how yeah, if somebody says you how did Lincoln play and you say Lincoln City played well, what you expect there is that we've had the ball, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. You know, there were good performances out of possession. Um yeah, and it was mm. very dogged like you said, back to the wall and uh yeah, we you know we, we, we took the point and it seems an awful long while ago now. Well it was, it was last year, so
0: mm. <laughs> hey. um so yeah I mean it was uh... That was Friday, and sort of had a, a couple of days to to dwell on it and calm down from some awful refereeing decisions. Um, and then Monday's game um, against Ipswich, uh, I think I think we probably expected less from that game, to be honest. Ipswich, obviously, well, I think they're going to be a championship side next season, aren't they? Um, there's not too much doubt about that in in many people's minds at the moment. Um, but I think we we held on quite well in the first half i mean you look at the stats i was, I was talking to a friend of mine who's sort of a, a fair weather Ipswich fan um he was saying you know he was watching it from afar on uh, on the on the bbc website basically he was saying how are you not how are you not like two 0 down like you know you're getting absolutely battered and so didn't really feel like we were getting hammered in the first half like i thought we it seemed fairly even for for chunks of it uh, to me um and then obviously you know we we Got the penalty uh, early in the second half, but you've got a quizzical look on your face as if to say, "What are you talking about?" Which is yeah, the usual when I'm talking.
2: Yeah, I disagree with that. They battled us in the first half, and they battled us in the second half. They were by far the better team. Um, oh yeah,
0: I mean, it, you know, I think you, you, I think there yeah. was. There, Did there didn't not just say that be, um, it, it it didn't seem to be like you know, if we'd have gone in three nil down at half time, for example, I would have probably said that was that would have been a harsh scoreline. Like I, I thought we played really well in the first half. I think we kept him in... What? <laughs> Sorry.
2: I, I was really nice to you about the whole Bolton thing, but I I just yeah, I mean that obviously would have been a harsh score line if we'd gone three nil down, but they were still the better team by by some distance. I mean our in, in the first half was zero point zero two and theirs was one point seven nine. So actually statistically, if we'd gone in two nil down at half time, we had one shot. Uh, not on target. They had eight three on target. Possession stats seventy to them, thirty to us. I mean it it was one sided. They batted us. Mm. That was a shrug for people who can't listen. Who can't can't listen. For people who can't see Ben's just looked at me and shrugged. So sorry, carry
0: on Ben with your expert analysis. <laughs> such a twat. No, like I from where I saw sort of, like I didn't It didn't feel like we were in a huge amount of danger. Is, is kind of what I mean. Like the, you had the trust in the defence, you had the, the trust in the performance. And again, similar to the uh, to the Bolton game, it felt back to the wall. It felt like, right, we need to dig in here and get a performance. And, and you know, it felt like we were trying to maybe play for the point in the first half. Um, but, you know, I, I think, I, I, I personally, I didn't think we would have gone in 1-0 down at half time. Um, obviously, the, the shot against the bar that, that came down, um that was the nervy moment for me, um, but looking back at it, it was very much not over the line. Um, and then, yeah, going in uh, going in at half-time, 0-0, I thought it was a, a, a decent scoreline and, and one that I think they probably should have been happy with.
2: I think we were absolutely delighted with it because they, they were the better side by country mile. We didn't really offer anything major going forward that was what we expected they're a really good side that's not a criticism mm-hmm. but they controlled possession i think they had a couple of other chances there was one that they put over from um from a ball from about 12 yards point blank range which which should have been better as well they were a really really good side and you know, at half time at nil nil you wanted more of the same but we didn't offer anything you know it did feel very very much like um when we went to their place unfortunately you know we, we didn't really get an awful lot i thought we struggled to get danny mandrio into the game um, and obviously we'll, we'll come up to the second half in a minute um i think there was you know there was obviously there was the there was the sending off mm-hmm. um which was entirely justified. Uh, I think I, I can see yep. how we would argue that it wouldn't be given. And, and you put in the group chat afterwards. You know, the only saving grace might be that O'Connor is covering, and, and you know, is something that unusually we agree on. Um, yeah. I I could see an argument for a yellow card, but mm-hmm. if it's the other way, it's that you know, we're screaming red card. We're screaming red card. Oh yeah, if it's, card, if it's it the other
0: way, you're absolutely you're screaming blue murder for it, aren't you? And- It's not a penalty
2: on Ben House, and I was certain it was at the time. I've watched it back. The ball's run across the defender. The defender's going in a straight line. Ben's got to get across him. If Ben does get across him, I think the keeper probably gets to the ball before Ben does anyway. So people are saying, well, why would he go down in that position? Purely and simply because he's not in control of the ball. Uh, It's Mm. that simple. So for me, it's not a penalty. Uh, Not a penalty either. There was a moment in the first half that really hacked me off was was a corner where their lads get warmed for pull in, and then as soon as the ball comes in, the referee blows for for a free kick. And I've I yep. watched it back. There's no free kick. And do you know what? It happened against Bolton, and I just thought, well, that is typical. We're not getting a rub of the green again. Um, yep. And then we come out after half time. and I thought that we showed uh, a, a lot of spirit in the second half. But again, it was a it was a possession not not in control of the ball, not with the ball at all. You know, it Mm -hmm. it was a performance where it was even more backs to the wall. It was almost like there was a steady escalation of the size of the task over the Christmas period. Like, oh, it's Bolton, they're tough. Oh, it's Bolton, but now we've got 10 men, that's going to be tough. Oh, God, it's Ipswich who, you know, people are saying are the best team in the league, that's going to be tough. Oh, Jesus, it's Ipswich with 10 men. Do you know what I mean? It was like slowly yeah. going up a level. Um, and again, if you take the penalty out of it, which is 0.5 xG, it was 1.11 to 1. Actually, we defended better when we shut up shot with 10 men uh, mm. with with a lead to defend. I thought that they really struggled to break break us down after that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that they're the best team that we've seen it since the bank this season. 100%. I thought they were, you know, really good. They moved the ball really well. Um, The penalty uh, for me, when I saw, you know, the the ref talking to the players before the corner came in, you think, well, if he's talking to the defence, you know, talking to the defenders there, then surely they've got to pay, you know, pay heed to it. And they didn't. And, you know, when the corner comes in, they're doing the exact same thing. And I've seen some of the comments. I've seen the comments from the from um, the Ipswich manager, and he's, he's turned around and said, "Well, you know, I think it's a it's a soft penalty. It's ridiculous. Why aren't we giving those week in, week out if that's a penalty?" So, the reason he's given it is because he's told the person like five seconds before the balls come in, "Stop doing that, or I'm going to give him a penalty." The balls come in. He's done exactly the same thing, so the refs given a penalty.
2: It was but, a big call to make in front of the Ipswich fans as well. Yeah it was three
0: bottles huh? yeah yeah i suppose uh, but i think the thing is we you know you do see that a lot you do see that i mean we saw it plenty in in uh i want to say was, was it the world cup when england were playing i think at one point not this world cup but like um previous one you know people grabbing and, and wrestling people to the ground and it's like well you know it's it's a penalty if that's hap- if that happens anywhere else on the field you get pulled up for it um and while it you know what probably does happen a lot each game. If the referee pulls it up and starts to pull it up, then maybe it'll start to to knock it out. But I, I don't think it's a serious problem in football. No, it's I'm not. Honest. It's it's, and it's not serious. It's, but I've seen it before. Hard,
2: I think it's half a dozen of one and six of the other, as my dad would say. And you only needed to see that in the the incident in the final minute, which is Tom Hopper. Basically, Tom, in my opinion, has tried to win a penalty off Freddie Ladapo yeah. by doing exactly the same thing. So, if referees are pulling it up every time, they're gonna we're gonna have ten penalties a game. The key point is he's made a, he's made an effort to say stop doing that. All Kane yeah. Vincent Young has to do, all he has to do, is hold his hands by his side or by his yep. back when the ball comes in and use his body. He doesn't give a penalty away. But yep. luckily for us, he's not that bright. Um and, and he, well it's true, isn't it? He's not that bright. Yeah. You get you get warned about something and you do it again. It, it's like when you're a five-year-old kid. If somebody says to you don't put your hands back in, you know, if you, you take a biscuit and they say, Don't take a second biscuit, otherwise I'm gonna take your PlayStation off you, or you can't go out and play. And you take another biscuit, you're stupid. That's why you yeah. can't go out and play. And that's all okay came Vincent Young did. He. he tried to dip his fingers in the biscuit tin twice and
0: I believe the phrase is fuck around and find out. Well, I try not to swear now we're on talk sport, but oh well. You know. Um, so I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they'll manage, um, but yeah, it was you know, uh, and again, a decent penalty from Jack Diamond um, to, in, yeah. yeah, you know, to to put us Wandle up. And at that point, um, I think you know, like you say, we, we shut up shop, defending the lead, trying to make sure that Ipswich didn't score more than anything else. Um, obviously, the you know the other big talking point, which we're going to come to a little bit later on, um, was was Matty Virtue pulling up at one point, uh, which looked. At the time, as soon as you see him pull up, you think, oh, that's 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 a hamstring thing," Um, which was a bit of a shame. Sanders came on, um, and I think he did okay. Um, Nothing, you know, play well, yeah, yeah, you know, not outstanding, but uh, you know, he he played well, um, which was probably the the sort of response that Mark Kennedy would have wanted um, after you know dropping him for the Bolton game, Um, and uh, yeah, I think. In fairness, we've, we've said that Ipswich are probably the best side that we've seen this. Well, they are the best side we've seen this season at Central Bank, and they they pretty much proved it with their goal, didn't they? It was a really well worked move, um, and it was, you know, one of those goals where you just got to hold your hands up and say, "Don't know how much more we could have done in order to stop that," um, because it's just a good goal scored by a very good team.
2: Yeah, there wasn't a um, there wasn't a mistake in the run up to the goal. Yeah. And they, they battered as they had 11 shots in the second half alone, but only four of them were on target. So they weren't particularly clinical. And when you think about the players that they were able to bring on um, and, and, and the changes they were able to make, I actually think that making five changes in, in a game can upset your rhythm a little bit. And mm-hmm. and you kind of, you know, players aren't up to up to speed. So you bring a Connor Chaplin on, for instance, he's going to take you five, ten minutes to get into the pace of the game when everyone else is already up to it. So actually, I think that that can be counterproductive, whilst I understand why Kieran McKenna did it. But obviously, it was a sub. It was the young boy that came on uh, that got the goal. It was a good goal. I actually think Max Sanders and Les Sorensen did really well on um, mm-hmm. on, on Monday, mainly because... They were doing the work that, that doesn't get praised because when you're defending like that as a unit, you were, we were looking, we brought Tom on as well, obviously. It was really hard, I thought, for the midfield. Ben House is the other one that deserves praise because he starts up top and drops into midfield. Those midfielders are the ones that have got to chase and harass. They're the ones that are trying to stop the balls coming into the box. It's all right for the defenders, kind of, because when it's backs against the wall and the balls are coming into the box, the defenders are the ones getting the praise because they're the ones making the tackles, making the headers. Last Sorensen barely touched the ball, but that doesn't mean that he didn't have... Um, a good game and I'm I'm a critic of Lass because I think that sometimes he he doesn't display the technique that he has and I think sometimes he's a little bit headless chicken and mm. and also he's got um I won't use the phrase that Matt um Matt used next to me um but he, he you know he's got the the first touch of a dumper truck ramming into the side of a school bus um effectively <laughs> at, at times at times you know he's better than that I think he's he's so eager. He's like that kid, but he just he's not in the biscuit tin twice. He just, you know, you're having to carry him away from the biscuit tin while he's doing this <laughs> and Um but I thought that he you know it really suited him. It's a big problem, Matty Virtue. We'll come on to it later. Max Sanders and Lass Sorensen in the two will not work for the next 20, 25 games, however many games we've got left this season. It won't work. Mm. Um so we've got to address that. Tashan oakley Blue, we'll, we'll come on to that. So, uh, but yeah, big praise, big praise to every single player on the field, um, even to Tom, who, if I'm honest, looks miles off the pace uh, yep. and, and has done for most of the season. Um, I don't think he, again, he was. It's hard when you're a striker up against Ipswich in a four-four-one because, uh, yeah, and you've been brought on because you can head the ball away in the area. Which yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is basically it, you know. It's almost like, well, why do we just put Tom at centre half or, and leave Ben House yeah. further? It's up. like you're so, a striker
0: that's not been brought on to score in that game. It's yeah, like it's, exactly.
2: Yeah. And for me, when that is your main selling point, that for me is a little bit of a concern. I don't think we've seen um, Tom Hopper at his best since he went off injured against whoever it was at the end of that season. Um, at the end mm. of the playoff season, you know, he he was in and out last season out more than in uh, this season he just for me i i'd actually be surprised if we're doing a, a podcast in february with um tom still as lincoln player but we'll see what happens yeah, so I'm... but it was still brave we got the point brilliant brilliant point and walking away it felt like we'd won ten one.
0: yeah absolutely um coming away from the game i, I thought to myself you know we've, we've taken two points at home we've taken two draws you know and it's it almost felt like two wins um because of the, the lack of expectation in getting anything from the games. Um, it felt really good to, to get that. And I think you look at the celebration um, at the end, you saw just how many people sort of jumped up and cheered. You think, right, that's almost like we've celebrated a win. Um, mm. Like really, really impressive. Um, but he's still two points from nine games over Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as you did say on, you know, on the dog walk this morning, you said if, if there was three points to be, oh, sorry dog yesterday, uh three points to be taken if you said we'd get three you'd you'd say there'd be the three from burton
2: yeah you would um, and, and and that's what's frustrating, yeah. because if the Lincoln City that played ninety minutes against playoff teams, top six teams with ten men and came out with points and, and you think actually with our sending offs as well with the sending off, it was you know, we were i think we were already won the look obviously against Bolton with the sending off, but you know, we, we we were 0 0 with Ipswich. So we've actually taken a lead with 10 men as well. If, we, if that 11 men had shown that application and that, and that kind of ability on Boxing Day, we'd be talking yep. about five points from nine games. And then we'd be going, that was a phenomenal Christmas period. What we're actually saying is it was a really good new year period. But the fact remains that I think we've only won once in the league since we beat Barnsley 1 0. And the rest of the league is, you know, it, it's really, really tight. But we've just got to find a way now. This 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 month coming up, we've got. We'll cover it in a minute. We've got Charlton, we've got MK Dons, we've got Cambridge. I think we've got Burton Albion. You've got to take eight points, minimum yep. eight points. You've got with you minimum seven points. You've got to get two wins and a draw out of that. You take seven points out of that, I'll be happy, and then we yep. can look at this period and say those were two really good draws. You come out of that point with that with five points or four points, and then the two draws don't actually feel as good. They'll be forgotten quickly. They'll be forgotten really quickly. You've got to carry it on. You've got to you've got to press on from that. So we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it kind of it, it's like we've said before. When you've got that um the home record that we have, it's amazing how quickly it twists from we're unbeaten at home when we're you know when we're doing well or when we've had a couple of good games to well we've not won in however many home games when we've had a bad result or a bad couple of results. Yeah, you know, it's it's that it's the way that you look at it, and you know you always say you can prove anything with stats or you can use You can use stats to prove any point you want. I think the way that you phrase it is, is obviously going to be uh, dependent on, on how we're doing elsewhere. Okay. Um, so we're,
2: we're, we're unbeaten at home.
0: Yeah. Yep.
2: And we've got 16 points, 10 draws and two wins. If we had lost six and won six, We'd have 18 points. So a- actually, people say, oh, I'd rather win one and lose one. Actually, you know, if, if we could have lost six points, six games at home and still have two more points, but actually it's very marginal. Mm. Um, and, and there are only three, four teams in the division who have conceded fewer goals than us at home as well. Yeah. And, and I, I, I'm really proud of our home our home uh, record, and I believe that there are two or three games within that that we should have won. That yep. had Mark Kennedy been boss for twelve months, eighteen months, rather than at the time one or two, three months of a season, we would have done. And and if you take, and I know it's ifs and buts, but ten draws, take two of those games and convert those to wins, and we'd be, do you know, gone. And I know it's ifs and buts, but there've been there've been no games at home that I have felt that we absolutely deserved to lose. Yeah. It should no, have I'd tanked us. That. It should have tanked us, but we didn't deserve to lose it because of how we played. And the ones where we've dropped points: Horace Green and Accrington and Fleetwood and Exeter. We didn't deserve to lose any of those games. But there are four games that we should have won. We should have beat Fleetwood. Mm-hmm. Should have beaten them. We should have beaten Accrington. So there would be four more points. So that would put us on thirty-three into twelfth. And you take one more win out of that, we could have. Been, we would have still games in hand. It's yeah. It's tough. It, 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 it's tough to take, but we've still only lost six games all season, and there are teams in the top um, in the top six that have lost more. Barnsley, for instance, who have lost seven. So, mm. yeah. yeah. Well,
0: there you go. I mean, I think you know that it comes across when Mark says that he wants us wants to make us difficult to beat, and I think that's been proven at the moment with you know what you just said. Um I I don't mind. I'm with you. I I don't mind the, the home record. I think it's great. The fact that you know we're we're not losing games at home, which is something that we've seen particularly last season. Games that we should have drawn, games that we should have won, we're coming away going oh, should have won that, and we've lost. You know, we've lost it two one in the last five minutes or so. You know, it's those kinds of games that seem to be we, we seem to be grinding the results out at the moment, which is um, yeah, you know, really really positive. And uh, like you say. The fact that this is going to be Mark Kennedy's first full transfer window um, is a, an interesting one to see where it goes. And I know, obviously, the recruitment isn't exclusively his remit. Um, and he will have, you know, for, for those that have those that have heard uh, Mark speak about the, the, the way that the club's structured and stuff, he does get final say on on the transfers. But obviously, he's got a team behind him. So, um yeah interesting stuff and, and hopefully we can keep it going um but the away record has, has obviously seen a few more wins are we going to get another one on saturday gary
2: no we're not cool there we be. go and <laughs> so, um, first of all should we have a listen I, I
0: don't know if jake is doing i think jake's going to send something over so yeah here is uh, here is jake with tyler rowlandson uh, talking about Imps v. Charlton.
3: So, we last spoke in, I think it was October, early October, Tyler, when we played you at the bank. Yep. Um, quite a lot's happened at Charlton since then. You've got a new manager, Thomas it has, has seemingly has done whatever he really fancied at, at the football club. Can you take us inside and tell us what what, what what's actually happened since we last saw you?
4: yeah as you say uh a lot's changed and not a lot of it good unfortunately um yeah new manager ben Garner got sacked i think uh I think in the middle of december i'm not I can't remember but yeah he, he got sacked fairly recently um a decision that I think most of the charlton fans were fairly disgusted by I think Garner was a long term appointment and ultimately he didn't get that and he's now the Fifth, uh, fourth manager to leave Chelten since Sangard took over the club Mm. and the third to be sacked by him and it makes no sense when you find out that Sangard paid Swindon to release him from his contract to come to Chelten, give him a long-term contract and then sack him when he didn't invest in the club basically. Sangard didn't back him properly, correctly, did not give him the tools whatsoever and then when all the problems come on the pitch which was unsurprising really considering our poor summer window the first person saying God turned to blame was Garner rather than himself and led to Garner being sacked. And yeah, ultimately it just shows the club's just not progressing under him at this point in time. We've got a new manager now in, in Dean Holden, who it's too early to judge him at this point in time. Um, mm-hmm. He's only been in charge three games now, but mm-hmm. I, I, I suppose I've, I've liked what I've seen from him so far. But like I say, it's too early to judge. But yeah. A lot has changed and, unfortunately, I think more has to change if we want this club to progress. You know, ultimately, we're now left with a squad that isn't good enough, a manager that is short-term by the sounds of it and an owner that's more concerned by his ego than actually running the club properly. So, it's not looking good for us at the moment, but there's a slight... There's a a little part of me that hopes there's a little bit of optimism for the future. But, yeah, not a lot of it great so far.
3: Your Christmas period, which we'll we'll talk about (laughs) now... um, Went to the Kassam, got turned over 3-1. From what I can tell, I spoke to Jack Ward at the Young Fan Podcast, probably said that, that Oxford did pretty well in that game and Charlton looked really poor. Then you go to Fratton Park, and I've funny enough, spoke to to Tom, Mr. Fournall, written all over it, and he said the complete opposite of Charlton, which seems to epitomise Charlton this season. You've been great in moments and shocking in other moments. What would you take away from the festive period that, that the addicts have had?
4: Yeah, I think you said it perfectly there. Um, I was at the Casam, unfortunately. It was my first away game of the season as well, which feels horrible to say, but that's just how most Charlton fans are feeling right now—just slowly but surely losing interest. But yeah, it was. I don't think I've ever seen a performance as bad as, as that in a long time. The first half was just absolutely shocking. Two 0 down, and I don't know. We just, we just—it's got to the point now where Dean Holden is just experimenting with the players that he's got and ultimately the senior boys are just not good enough so he's just thrown in the youngsters who are either not ready or just are not good enough to make the step up which is the same thing I just, just said just repeating myself just said it another way anyway uh, but yeah uh, he, he come out in the second half to be fair and he changed the system you know we did we did look a lot better Blackett Taylor and Lieber linked up well to score but it was just an A disgusting performance, to put it frankly. And then heading into the Portsmouth game on my birthday, didn't really pay much attention to the game because I didn't really care. But I knew full well it's a free win because our record against Portsmouth, I don't know if Mm. you've seen it, it's unbelievable. It's like seven, seven. our last seven visits there since 2005, we've won all of them. It's it's incredible. And Portsmouth must absolutely hate us right now. We're a massive bogey team for them. But yeah, apparently we played really well. A really good performance, which is hopefully... Mm something that we can carry on. And obviously that was the final name in the coffin for Danny Cowley, which I think is probably good news for Portsmouth. Sounds like a lovely guy, but yeah, wasn't never going to take them as far as where they currently are. So that's, that's the thing with us right now. We're just far too inconsistent. We have looked great in spells, but we've in total just been very lacklustre, inconsistent and shocking all season, really. I mean, we've won six games all season. A third of them have come against Portsmouth. That tells you all you really need to know (laughs) this season, but yeah, I, the way I describe it, it is just fairly inconsistent. And following that three-one win against Portsmouth, fully expecting by Charlton standards to go and lose this weekend to you guys. So oh, it's, it's just, it's just, <laughs> it's, just Charlton, it's just the Charlton way. It's the Charlton way. But we'll see what happens.
3: Yeah, it, you say it, it won't very good news for for Cowley getting sacked. It might be good news for Charlton if you get the reset button in the summer and Cowley's available. He's definitely someone I can imagine that that, 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 that Cowley that, that you guys could potentially <laughs> be interested in. Plus. From Essex, so it's not too far away. You never know putting two two together. Um, Potentially,
4: and would like to see how Holden gets on first, though. See if he's short term, but yeah, yeah, yeah wise, I, I
3: would, yeah, I would agree. Um You've also, um you know, looking further forward to the, the game on Saturday. Um, beyond that, you have won yourself a a, a big money making tie away at Old Trafford, which I know you're very excited for. Yeah, um, Carabao Cup. Uh, we could have. We nearly joined you in the quarter final. Is it the quarterfinals? I think it is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You had. Um... We met n- Southampton.
4: Yes, don't, that was we, it. Yeah.
3: No, don't, we don't talk. About it, but you are fly <laughs> the League One flag, and i very much looking forward to testing yourself against Eric Ten Hag and his men this year.
4: Yeah, I, I can't wait for that. The funny thing is, though, it just—I kind of get the impression that we're not actually in the competition because of the lack of coverage we're getting. Like mm, the the yeah. quarterfinals, too two of the games selected for Sky Sports coverage are Premier League games, like yeah. uh, are Premier League ties, sorry. And we're the only League One side left, the only London team left, against Man United, one of the best teams left in this competition at Old Trafford. You'd think mm. the very least, they'd be like, come on, like some media coverage. But yeah, that that's going to be something special. I, I I can't remember the last time we played Man U so long ago, and I think they were the only team in the Premier League, when we were in the Premier League, as many moons ago, that we never beat. So it'd be interesting to see What we can do, fully expecting to get hiding, I think everyone will expect that, fully expecting us to get turned over, but it's just about the experience. Never been to Old Trafford and probably never will again for a long time, so... I think we've sold out our um, our allocation, which I think was around seven and a half thousand fans. So it's going to be lively, going to be mental in that away then uh, away end. Probably we'll have to bring the matchday vlogs back for that as well. I think that'll be quite special. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. It, it, like I say, it's just all about the experience, man. I just the fact that we're playing Man U in itself, and the fact we've got this far to the quarterfinals is impressive in itself. Then again, of the four games we've played, we won three of them via penalty shootout. So if we can if we can hold off, man, Eric Tenag to a penalty shootout. Who knows? Who knows? Imagine that a semi-final appearance. We're we're three games away from Europe. That's like yeah, so mental. But yeah, hopefully we can put in a performance I'll be proud of. All right, that's all I'm hoping for. If we if we put in a graft, then I'm happy. But like I say, fully expecting us to lose four or five nil.
3: Yeah, fingers crossed. You've got one eye off the ball then on on, on Saturday. Um, <laughs> thinking ahead while you're playing Man United, think about us. We're playing Accrington at home in the Pizza Cup quarter quarterfinals. Well. So
4: you know. <laughs> Yeah, not, so it's just not such a, a contrast, isn't it?
0: And there we go. Thanks to uh, thanks to Tyler for joining Jake this week uh, for the preview. Um, going to be a, a tricky one on Saturday, isn't it, Gaz? And you said you're not going to. We're not probably not going to get three points, but uh, are we going to be able to take anything from the game? Do you think?
2: Yeah, I think we can. Um, I think we can. I mean, bear in mind we we last won away in the league on 25th of October uh Charlton aside from their recent win against um Portsmouth hadn't won away in the league and since the uh, hadn't won in the league since the 22nd of October they haven't beaten a team um that's not Portsmouth uh again since the 22nd of October and they haven't won I think at home in the league since the 11th of October so it's got draw written all over it um Mm -hmm. but there are some there are some variables i mean they have for instance just got a new manager dean holden um they won their first game actually first game in all competitions since bonfire night when they bit or the or 5th of november you know not bonfire night but it was a saturday when they beat colville in the fa cup they hadn't won a game in any competition um since that point apart from stevenage on penalties which was one all but they've just got really good players and it do you know what when I say it annoys me, it doesn't because I don't care. Um, but it, <laughs> I can't understand it. I mean, they've got Scott Fraser, who's a wonderful footballer. They've got Jezerun Gis- uh, Raksaki, who uh, who we were linked with, who scored for them against Portsmouth. They've got George Dobson, who's recently been named as their captain, who's a player I've liked since he was at Walsall. They've got Jack Payne. They've got Jaden Stockley. They were both subs. They've got Miles Leburn. Uh, you know that the, on paper they're a really good side, um, and on the pitch they're not. I can imagine it being very much like the Ipswich and the Bolton games. I think they're going to have to come out. They're going to want to put a a real show on. I think it's the managers, only the managers' second league game at home. The previous one was a one-all draw with Peterborough. He's going to want to, to put a show on. He's going to want their t- his team to look really good. Uh, we're going to go there depleted, which again, we're going to talk about injuries and things in a minute. We don't know if there'll be a signing before that. If there is, it's unlikely to be a central midfielder. So we're going to go there with a midfield of Sorensen and, um, and and Sanders, which I think could easily easily be overrun, unfortunately, by, um, by Charlton. So I'm concerned... I wouldn't have been as concerned if Matty Virtue had been fit, um, but he's not. You know, for me, he's a key player. I think I said it on the podcast with mm-hmm. uh, Chris over Christmas that, you know, my big, big worry at the beginning of the season was replacing the Liam Bridcutt figure. And, you know, that was Matty Virtue, not the same type of player, but the same engine, the same application, um, but mm-hmm. consistent. Now he's gone. Jacob Davenport, we don't know where he is. You know, it's going to fall back onto Sanders and Les Sorensen. I'm just not sure Sorensen can play in the two, whether we'll, but we're not going to switch it up. We're going to go three at the back. I can see it being another, um, a, a, another draw, unfortunately. Which the only the only thing that could go in our favor, of course, is they go to Man United, don't they, on Tuesday in um, in the cup. And, and, you know, some of their players might subconsciously have one eye on that. Yeah, And it's, you know, it's a lazy, it's lazy to say that, you know, because they're professional footballers, but it happens, you know, mm. Boxing Day, what happened? Was it because we didn't quite have our eye on the ball because it was Christmas? Or do you know what I mean? You've got big games, you've got the... So it, they could be looking forward a little bit to that. We'll see. That's my own, it's my only hope. Otherwise, I, I don't see us winning the game.
0: Yeah. Um, it... I'd... <laughs> Can't help but agree with you. Um, it's it's just a, a game that again I, I don't necessarily think you know we'll be able to to take a huge amount from. Obviously, you know the, the game earlier on in the season at Bank was uh, that was one of the the more boring games of football that we've ever seen. Um, and you know I think if we can pull out performances like we have done against you know, against Bolton against Ipswich, that kind of like you said earlier application. Um, might mean that we, we could come away with something but it always seems to be the case that when we say we don't expect anything from it uh, the games that we seem to be doing well in at the moment which is why well, i uh, said we're
2: going to win 2-0 <laughs> I've only said it to, to tempt the fate. Do you know what the thing is? I go from one to the other as well because when I first looked at, it, I thought this is brilliant because they're going to have to come, they're going to have to attack us, so mm. they're going to. It's going to be like the Ipswich and Bolton game, but without the the belief and without the ability that Ipswich and Bolton show in the final third. So it's the, you know they're going to be shakier at the back if we get a goal, it will be harder. So there are actually reasons we could win it. I don't think that's how it'll go, but actually mm. there are because you know, basically they're they're going to have to play like a good team when they're actually not a good team. But mm. the worry about that, because they're, you know, they're a big team, they should be beating us, and, and Dean Holden's not going to want to shop, shop against Little Lincoln City coming. So there, there is a there is a method, a way for us to win that. US, we were I think that'll happen. No, I don't think that'll happen, but there's a clear method for it. And it could mm. go that way. It could go that way. We've seen two games against Charlton at their place. We went there in one last season. Uh, there was two men sent off. there. Alex Gilby sent off in the first half. We had Morgan Whitaker sent off as well. We won that game. We lost 3-1 at theirs with a woeful performance the season before. And I, I just, I don't see the game go into either of those extremes this time. Mm. But the one way we do win it is if we get an early goal, then they've got to come out, they've got to attack us. And if we can stay tight and we can stay, you know, organised, I think that then we could hit them on the break. And we haven't seen what happens if Lincoln City go one goal up and are defending and then go two goals up. So, mm. you know, it's, that's the potential, but we'll
0: see. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the other thing there, you, you you know, obviously mentioned that they're going to have to come out as if we get an early goal. I think that the possibilities there, they're going to have to come at us anyway. Like you said, oh uh, no, they you know, are. Yeah, hundred yeah, yeah, percent. Yeah, you know, they've got a new manager. They've got, you know, they're going to have to impress him, and the the home crowd are going to want. A performance from him so
2: yeah but they're not going to play from the first minute like they're one goal down
0: no that's like, true th-
2: th- there's two very different levels of coming up yeah, I mean, yeah. they're, they're going to want to control possession and they're going to want to create opportunities but when you've got 75 minutes left there's no pressure to start having to throw bodies forward whereas mm-hmm. if Lincoln are one nil up and it's 25 minutes gone okay there's going to be no panic but they're going to be just thinking about trying to get into the game and then the longer it goes on the harder it gets so yeah an early Lincoln goal would be fantastic I think aerially We're in a decent place. We've we've done some good things from set pieces. Pauly O'Connor is is a vital cog. And and do you remember back on one of the early podcasts, people slating O'Connor saying he's not good enough? My God, Mm -hmm. I think he's been a rock for us this season. And I think it's... Mm. Adam Jackson and Joe Walsh have never had the threat in the opposition box that they should. Pauly O'Connor causes problems. And when Lewis Monsmith finally does come back, Mm we'll actually have... You know that that moment where you see TJ, you know, kind of walking back to the centre circle, knowing that he's the one that's got to stay back. Um, yep. That that will happen more and more. And by the way, TJ Ayoma, we didn't mention him before, but he was oh, he was superb on
0: mid-stage. Monday, absolutely and, superb.
2: Yeah, I think with the sending off and the uncertainty in the defence, if that's if that's TJ now till the end of the season, that'll be massive because he's he, we know he's a good footballer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I thought. I did, I did want to mention it. I just forgot. BA. Yeah, I thought he was absolutely superb. Um, there was a challenge late on in the Ipswich game. Um it was. Where I he, know what you mean. The proper crunching challenge. I thought, that's <laughs> That's what we want to see.
2: You know what? I turned to Matt, who I sit with my mate, Matt Water, and I said, it's not quite Bozzy at Peterborough. It's no, not but... quite putting Madison in the stand, but it feels the same. It feels yeah. that kind of bang. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah I, d- I liked that. And also TJ has been really reticent to put those sorts of tackles in, in the past. He's, mm. he's not one that, but when doesn't he doesn't was... fly in, does he? No, but back in the playoff season, actually he was, he was much more kind of not, not committed, but he was, he was a harder player. And I think, yeah, I think that's worth, worth noting
0: almost certainly. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I think Charlton then um, is is going to be one of those games um, that you know we, we can't predict. it. we never we never seem to do well with our predictions, do we? And we can well, not on the predict- podcast at no, least. I mean, you can never predict a game not
2: entirely because there's too many variables.
0: No, although uh, fair play to the lad that sits behind me at the game. He uh, he had a bet on uh, Lincoln to win and Jack Diamond to score first, and he stood to win about six hundred quid. Um, and when Jack Diamond stood up to take the penalty, he was uh, extremely excited, and he cashed out um, about two minutes before Ipswich scored, and he walked away with about 400 quid. So Nice.
2: Yeah. I had um, Lincoln to beat Bolton 2-0, Jack Diamond to score any time, so I didn't win anything, but I only put 50p on it, and would have won about six quid, and I don't need six quid. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Interesting one then. Um, shall we shall we move on to some off-the-field business? Well, I thought we were going to talk about Accrington first. Yeah, we were. That's uh, yeah. yeah. I, we, I'm following the notes that we forgot to put that in, but uh, yeah. So Accrington, obviously uh, Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? It is Tuesday, isn't it? Tuesday um, night. Bad. Yeah. Um, do we think we're going to be as close to full strength as we can be for it? We get into that stage in the competition. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> you don't need to add anything <laughs> else to the question. We'll be as full
2: strength as we can be, um, yep. and, and bearing in mind that we, we've obviously got then um, MK Dons. I think the, the, the week after, so that's a that's a big game that we want to be going and winning. It's very different to the Charlton game. This yep. game, this this month, gradually. Goes down and down. So Ipswich was hard. You know, it's like you know how I said that like the Bolton and the Ipswich yeah, games were yeah, like yeah. ramping the levels up. This time it's like you start at level five with Ipswich and then it's like right level four away at Charlton, three away at MK Dons, two at home to Burton, one at home to Cambridge United, who, who are who are toss at the minute basically. um and, and that's going to be hard, actually, to, to kind of take that on. So you know, Mark Kennedy's going to look at the MK Dons game and know it's vital, but it's vital to get the Accrington win in as well. And who knows, it might just be the difference towards the end of the month. If you're going, well, we're in the semi-final of the cup, there's a chance of Wembley it might be attractive for a player. Brings in, I don't know how much is it, 30 grand at this stage of the competition? Um, uh, sounds about right. 30 or 40 grand, something like that. I think it might be not, whatever. So it's, it's good money. Yeah, it will not be full, full strength. For instance, if Joe Walsh plays on Saturday, likely that it will be Sean Rowan playing that left centre-back with Paddy O'Connor, um, TJ, Regan pool you know what I mean? Mm. So it is what it is. I don't know if Adam Jackson is suspended for the Cup. It used to be that your suspensions in the Papa John's Trophy only applied to the Papa John's Trophy, and so your suspensions in the league didn't apply. So if not,
0: Adam Jackson will play. Almost certainly. Well, he'll, he'll play anyway. He's only got one game, hasn't he? Well, Adam Jackson? Yeah. he's straight red? I did not know. Has he only got one
2: game? I, well, I had not seen
0: this, the news. I had this conversation with somebody on Twitter the other day, because I said that we'd, we'd be losing him for three games. Apparently, um, three games is now only for violent conduct.
2: Yeah, but red card's two game ban, isn't it? It's only a one game ban for a, year,
0: a second yellow. Well, I thought it was, I th- I've been told it's a one game ban, but I, I, I will stand corrected. Um, Because I I thought it was three games, and someone replied and said, no, it's one because of X, Y, Z. So, Gary is using his Google Foo. Yeah, yeah, I will. I'll have a look.
2: I don't actually know where you find out who is suspended on the FA website, because I'm not that good. Uh, Suspensions, is it on there? Thrilling. Thrilling podcasting here. Gary, yeah, you could fill. If you knew much about football, you could pad it. but
0: you Stupid bastard every time
2: every time <laughs> yeah well whatever yeah, I, yeah I, we so we we clearly don't know i can't actually find it on there and it, it's not great listening anyway so um but yeah I, again well i think we'll be we'll be strong we'll be strong mm-hmm. it would be interesting to know um what Jacob Davenport's situation is. We haven't seen whether he's left the club or not. I really hope he hasn't, but I, I don't think he'll be staying. If he's not fit, he's no good to us anyway. Tom Hopper starts up front rather than Ben House. Yeah. Um maybe we see Charlie Kendall on the bench, but I don't mm-hmm. think that we'll be starting a lot of um you know, a, you know, a lot of the fringe players will want to win this. And it's a it's the mo- one of the most winnable ties. In the competition, mm. how about this? That happens, and then we get Bolton at home in the semi-final. Can you imagine? <laughs> imagine that, especially if lion played. Oh my lord, we'd all be oh, taking our elbow He'd get rinsed, wouldn't he?
0: Wouldn't he? Um, yeah, no. I mean, it, it, we, we might as well touch on it. It's not, it's not in the notes, um, but we might as well touch. You mentioned Charlie Kendall there. He's come back to the club, um, as have uh, a couple of others. What are you biting? Well, I've got a bit of fingernail.
2: That I just want to bite off.
0: So oh, yeah. you're not meant <laughs> to say it.
1: No,
2: I too low. <laughs> um, uh, so the couple of others,
0: by the way, were Morgan Warsfold, Vals- Greg, and John McCarmer. I and, assumed yeah, you had Cameron. forgotten, or didn't? Know. No, I hadn't forgotten. I yeah, was getting there, um, but no, it's. it's um, I think it's it's an interesting one um, for for Charlie Kendall. Obviously, not making the first team at Sutton is that primarily due to the style of football that they play? Do we think, um, or you know, is it? I'd say a worrying sign about his ability, but we've seen what he can do. Um, he, you know, he knows where the goal is, so it just might face might not have fitted. Well, we
2: haven't seen what he can do because he's only scored one goal for us. Um, well, he scored. So we've, seen, we've seen what he, scored, he can do he in the one National goal League. and then went out. Yeah, yeah, we've seen what he can do in the National League South. So, um, I, yeah, I I'm not going to comment too much on Sutton's style of football. They they play 250 300 passes a game. It, yeah, it's not. Hoof hoof, they play four four two in some matches. They did against Crawley when they won two one, which I thought would suit Charlie Kendall. If you've got a bigger player next to them, uh, it just hasn't worked out. And sometimes loans don't work out. Morgan Whitaker. Didn't really work out for us allegedly last season. Uh, he's then gone to um, Plymouth and and ripped it up. I think he's been recalled. I think.
0: He has, yeah, he got recalled yesterday.
2: Yeah, so um, you know sometimes a loan doesn't work out. I, I I know that Jez kind of said at a fans' forum earlier in the season that you know even if a player's not playing, that's a beneficial loan, and people laughed at him. And and to be mm. fair, I can see his argument. You know, Charlie Kendall had it all his own way at Eastbourne Borough. Um, mm. And now he's gone out somewhere where he's got to fight and he's got to deal with disappointment. And so there will be benefits for him. You'll, you'll know you've, you've been there. I've been there where you go to a crap job. And when you come away from it, you're still better than you were because you have oh, learned yeah. something, even if it's not to do that again. Um, mm, I don't see him being a part of our first team in the no. second half of the season, depending on who we're bringing in. You know, he might do really well. Um, he might have come on against Accrington, score twice, but I think alone in the National League would benefit him somewhere. You know, it's one of the smaller National League clubs, like Scunthorpe, um, something like that, where they can kind of he can go and and be guaranteed games. But there's yeah. no point loaning him out if he's not going to be guaranteed games. He may as well stay with us and not play, then go somewhere else and not. Yeah. Play,
0: so. Well, I think that's the thing. You know, that I wouldn't expect him to to start every game. Um, you know, I think that's what people are suggesting. I'll you know, give him a run- start any. Well, no, but that, I think when people are saying they're expecting, oh, I'll give him a run in the first team. Like that's that's not going to happen. Like he's not going to be our starting number nine. Um, do not football.
2: If you think that he's going to play number nine for us on a regular basis,
0: no. Um, sorry, and if, you're, think...
2: if you're listening and, and you think he's uh, <laughs> sorry if I've just offended you, but you don't so
0: Yeah, I think the, for me, the the way it makes sense to keep him is to sort of use him as an impact sub. Um, but again, it's whether he's ready for that. Um, as, as a young lad, but uh, yeah, I, the, the, I would, um, I would to be honest, I'd sooner see him go out somewhere in the second half of the season, start week in, week out for somebody, get that experience, then take that into the first team next season, maybe. The one way he works as an impact
2: sub is when we go two up top later in the game,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, which is, you know, on fewer occasions, but actually with Ben House being able to drop in the midfield, there is the possibility that let's say we're we playing kind of, Diamond and Vernham, for instance, on either flank, and mm. um, you can kind of you bring bring one off, bring Candle on, bring them both off, sorry, and bring Candle and Hopper on. Mm. Benhouse drops into the midfield, and then you can play yeah. almost like a five-three-two. Probably wouldn't happen because if Benhouse has done seventy-five minutes up top, he's not going to then drop into the midfield and and, and do that. But he, he, he gives you that opportunity. Mark Kennedy makes fewer substitutions than any other manager in the league, though. So. Mm. You know, he makes them when he needs to make them, but he doesn't make them for making them sake. It's
0: interesting. Yeah. I mean, the interesting thing that you said there was uh, obviously, you know, a, a loan where you're not necessarily playing is, is usually you know, can be a beneficial loan. Um, Jez said. I think Mark said in an interview, um, I can't remember where it was, but he he said that he's spoken to Charlie Kendall about his loan there, and he said that he's loved it. He's really enjoyed it because he's learning. And I think that's, you know, like you've alluded to, that's one of the benefits of this is that it's being in a different environment. It's being around different people and, and, you know, adapting as a a person more, you know, as well as adapting as a player. So um, it'll be interesting to hear what happened, you know, what's being said um, or, you know, what Mark has to say about Charlie coming back. Um, I I am aware that the... uh, the Hope and Glory pod's gone up uh, in the past half an hour or so while we've been recording, and they also apparently have news on uh, Lewis Montsmer as well. So um, that will be an interesting one to listen to. But, um, yeah, people coming back to the club. We have also seen um, one player move away from the club, uh, Jordan Garrick. Or is it TJ Omer? Um, Jordan Garrick has, uh, has left the club, um, Went got a record by, uh, by Swansea. And then went straight to uh, Forest Green on what was quite surprisingly a permanent deal. Um, not, not surprised. He was running
2: out of contract at um, Swansea, so yeah. I thought we'd loaned him with a view to buying him at the end of the season. And he just mm. hasn't impressed, and so it, it doesn't surprise me that Swansea have cut their losses on it. It's been a the the loan he's had with us has been on a par with Charlie Kendall's loan at Sutton, mm. unfortunately. yeah, yeah. Um, but Garrick's older. It's the second loan into this division where he hasn't really excelled. I think he scored a few goals for Plymouth, but, you know, they weren't massive on him. So um, I I can see your point about it it coming across as a surprise. And it's a surprise to me that Forrest Green have have seen what he's done here in the first half of the season and chosen to pay a fee. That's my surprise.
0: Yeah, and uh, um, you know, do they know something that we don't? I d- I don't know. It's uh, the, the look he just shot me. Whether it was in a burn or not, surprised to, was this to say? No, they don't know what they're doing.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I don't. I don't know what they could know that we don't. I, I don't understand <laughs> quite what that could be. What are they going to know from well, not having him at the club that we
0: we're what well, we're not going to know having him training know. and playing for us every six months? I don't
2: know. No, give us an example. What could it possibly be?
0: Could have had a like a Bielsa spygate scandal going on.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, so we would at the training camp. Someone stood outside the with EPC with closed. a big pair
0: of binoculars. <laughs> oh,
2: God. Although, if rumour are to be believed, it might not be the um, last time that Lincoln and Forest Green get mentioned um, in transfer conversation. But we'll that's rumour, so we'll leave that one to it for now.
0: Okay, is that is is that an existing Forest Green player?
2: I just said I'm going to leave it, so I'm not going to start. I'm not going to. I'm not somebody that puts out baseless rumours on um, official media. So, but I, I all I know, all I have been informed is that there is a potential that Forest Green have been looking at another one of our players who may or may not
0: make the move. So, fair enough. Um, But then you know, I think that's that's the uh, the big outgoing. Are we expecting? more outgoings maybe Tashan potentially and now Matty Virtue's
2: injured which we'll come on to if that is going to be three months which a torn usually is that gives us two lone places to fill it would then surprise me if we sent Tashan depending on I suppose it depends on his fitness doesn't it I mean I'd, uh, Has he even been on on the bench? I've missed the team a couple of weeks. So I I, I don't know who's been on the bench, but I I don't think he's been on it, has he? Um, But he's that injury. I know Mark, we know Mark Kennedy likes Tashan. Mm. So yeah, it's hard. Yeah, he was on the bench for Burton. So obviously he's he's kind of about, but we haven't actually seen him since the Morecambe doubleheader. I really Mm. like Tashan, but I just think he was just getting up to speed. Uh, there was one of the games where he came on and uh, it might have been Derby and I thought he looked really good and it's and just it's just not worked for him. It's just not worked for him, but he's out of contract, I think, at the end of the season as well. So,
0: you know. Yeah, I mean, again, I think that the the sort of vibe that we got from Mark when we spoke to him at the start of the season, it, it seemed like he is really keen on Tashan and, and to me, it kind of was lending that credence to we're loaning him with an intention to buy. Um whether that is accurate or not, I don't know. Um, but we'll, uh, yeah, we'll see. Well, it will Cause, be Dubai, Cause he's out of contract to so, me. You, you know what I mean yeah, yeah. with a view to sign. So, um, so that's that one. Um, yeah. And, and then finally you touched on it and we've, we've spoken about it throughout the pod. Matty Virtue pulled up in the Ipswich game with uh, with what looked like a hamstring injury. Um, and unfortunately it looks like he, well, he has uh, torn his hamstring. Um, confirmed in an interview with mark kennedy today and he has said that he's not sure on how bad it is at the minute but it could be anywhere between one and three months that yeah no, uh,
2: sorry yeah he, I, he hasn't actually said that i don't they weren't his exact words oh okay he has, sorry he hasn't put a time scale on it
0: right um, okay sorry uh,
2: th- no no i don't apologize though because i know the, in our group chat and um, one mm. of the other podcast people put that but that was that's how long it, at, a hamstring can be so a right. partial okay. tear a hamstring can be four to eight weeks um or a full tear can be three months um and, and mark kennedy kind of mumbled over how long he was going to be out for but he said basically he was going to be out for a while but he did say we look forward to having him back so we shall see i mean if it's three months that takes us to the beginning of april so a mm-hmm. you know, worst case scenario at the moment um but it's a big blow, a massive blow, if I'm honest. I think Mike Virtue has yep. been one of our our best players. Um, it yep. leaves us with a real hole because I don't, I'm don't, i not comfortable personally with last playing in a two. Mm-hmm. I like Lass, but I'm not comfortable in playing in a two next to Max Sanders. Mark Kennedy has found reason to drop Max on the back of the Burton Albion game. Jacob Davenport, as we've touched upon, I really liked when he played briefly against Doncaster, but we don't know where he is. He hasn't been seen. We don't know if he's left the club or not. Um, there's Tashan, who we're just talking about now. That's our central midfield. For me, we've got to be looking at a central midfielder. We've got to mm-hmm. be. And, and in his interview, Mark Kennedy kind of said, well, you know, it's it's in. we've had conversations, but there's this that might stop it, that that might stop it, and kind of brought different reasons out. For me, actually a central midfielder now is utterly essential um, mm-hmm. for us to stay away from and I'll say this and I'm happy to stand by it. It's essential for us to stay away from a relegation battle. Yep. Um, that's how That's how big I think this is. I don't think we could have lost player from any other area of the pitch that would have as big an impact on us going forward into the next four months than Matty Virtue. I think it's a massive, massive loss. There's no injury that you could have said, he'll be injured, and I would have been more worried. Not a single player. Even if it had been Carl Rushworth, I would have gone more Jordan Wright, is a a decent keeper. I'm not saying we haven't got decent midfielders. I'm saying we haven't got that midfielder, that type of midfielder um, who's fit and going to play 40 games a season or, or 25 games to the end of the season.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a huge blow. Um, It's it's just really unfortunate, and I think the the talk of him, you know, saying he didn't want to go back to Blackpool as as things currently stood, um, and you know, the the hope that he might be signing permanently. It would be interesting to see whether he goes back to Blackpool to get the to get his treatment, um, or whether it stays with us.
2: I think he'll almost certainly. Well, it's a good point, actually. I mean, I hadn't heard um, the permanent sign, and I knew he wasn't happy at Blackpool. He said he wouldn't go back there under the normal manager. I would think that he goes back there for his rehabilitation because I don't Mm. know whether... But, again, I don't know. Lone players don't always, do they? Jordan Garrick went for a little bit back. Jack Dyer. so, yeah be it'll be interesting to see if, if he doesn't get on with the manager there I, I, again I don't know it's a good question actually Ben I, I when you first said it I thought it sounded ridiculous and then when I played it over in my head yeah it is I, I don't know what it, the it sounded
0: was. ridiculous because it was in my voice and then you, no, you no, actually no. you looked no, at the, the content of the question and went oh
2: yeah that's all right." no no genuinely my first thought is well, if a lone player gets injured he goes back to his parent club that that just you know that's what happens mm. and but then you, you know if he's not happy there, but then it's not the player's choice, is it? And if there's a cost to rehabilitation, mm. does the loan club take that cost? Um so yeah, it's it is interesting. Especially given that Mark said he's you know he's a great Matty Virtue's a gentleman off the field, a great character around the dressing room. Mm. But you know, we don't want to invest three months of rehabilitation in Matty Virtue to to then the season it's to the end and Blackpool to out. take him and yeah and do that. So I don't know. I don't yeah. know. But it's it's just a massive, massive blow. And it in it, 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 for me, it accelerates the need. I think for another new face, and and for me now, at the off the top of my head, that's it's kind of four players in my mm-hmm. mind. I think we need. I think we'll lose a central defender. Okay. Um, I think we'll lose a player that people probably aren't expecting, uh, and then mm-hmm. I think that we need to bring three or four in. Um, it would be one for one. We we were one over with defenders, I think, because of Lewis Monsma. So I, I think the first thought would be we would lose a player and wouldn't need to bring one in. So let's say a central defender goes out and we wouldn't need to bring one in. Jordan Garrett going back means we need to bring one in. Matty Virtue being injured now, I think, means we'd probably look at bringing somebody in. If Jacob mm. Davenport goes, the budget is there to put somebody in as a striker or a central midfielder, which is was kind of was debatable anyway so so there is that that a central midfielder would have been coming in anyway because jacob Davenport's on the short-term contract and in the one for every position probably we were we were just a little bit a little bit light there anyway so um and, and then obviously if if we do have exits we'll, mm. we'll need to replace those so it will i it wouldn't surprise me if one of our first signings isn't in a position where people go well we don't need one of those yeah
0: I can see that, uh, that. Yeah. You watch it be a left back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so, oh, yeah. There's another Forest Green connection there as well. Is there now? Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Fair. Um, but, uh, yeah, no. Um, that's that's pretty much all the news, unless there's been a, a breaking signing in the in the past, what, hour no, or so? I haven't had a press release. And I get there we players coming in, not players going out. Um but uh yeah, there are there are things afoot. I know you you sort of briefly teased it last week, but we are we're moving forward with some exciting plans and uh hopefully we'll be able to share them with everybody soon. Um and I think that's pretty much it, apart from um saying that, you know, our thoughts and uh our thoughts are with the family and friends of, uh, of both Ringo and Marcus Needham. Um both. Uh, tragically lost over over the the break um really really sad enough uh, sad news to to hear and uh, you know the both uh both friends and supporters of the podcast um and i think marcus was a supporter of anybody that tried to to do anything really to to help the club wasn't he He was a, a really good man
2: yeah I, I i didn't know ringo um personally but i didn't know mm. marcus personally um, and yeah the the Lincoln City world is darker without them. I, I, I genuinely couldn't believe um, the news about Marcus. I just I just no same. I just couldn't believe it when I when I heard about it. I was having dinner with my dad, um, and I know that there were. You know, I, I would often kind of exchange messages with him, and I've been doing it for many many years. I used to call him Comrade um, Needham uh, because he yeah. was obviously public sector. Uh, public sector and, and remember when he was striking years ago, we're talking now, I mean, we might even be talking 2013 or 12 when there was a strike of some description and we would joke about public sector and private sector and blah, blah, blah. It was just a, it was just a nice guy. And um, there are a lot of fans listening to this who will be much closer to him than I were, and they'll be feeling it much harder. So um,
0: yeah, just very, very sad indeed. Yeah, absolutely the same. I think it was, uh, it was always that, that moment, you know, when, when, you could see somebody was kicking off on Twitter, and usually Marcus was was somewhere in the middle of it, which was uh, which was always a good laugh. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, and with regards to you know the, the other loss, um, I was I, I did know Ringo very well, um, you know, when I was a bit younger, and it was uh, it was really sad um, to hear everything that was going on, um, and uh, yeah, you know, thoughts are with uh, with with everybody close to them. Um, to them both um but you know hopefully um the the game on friday and just yeah the game on saturday so uh, monday i'll get the days right game on monday was uh, hopefully you know at least some sort of a good tribute and i know 617 are, are looking to do um something as well but uh, yeah keep your eyes on that um but that's probably about it for the week um we will see you next week and uh until then the imps. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's the 90th minute
2: and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in.